song still gets me, man. It's <laughs> a good one. Yes. Uh, how are you doing today, Ben? From we're in our professional studio in Tucson, Arizona. Yeah, it's hot here in Tucson. <laughs> even though it's February, so we'll have to move to a different place when <laughs> spring rolls around. Oh, how are you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? It's been it's been one hectic week. I've been I've been I've been uh, the good Lord has been helping me find that balance mm. between uh, chaos and harmony. It yeah. seems like. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, I heard this term. I think it was on an Instagram video or YouTube, and I and I'll steal it. But it's uh, uh, life is lifing. It's getting pretty. It's getting pretty real out there. Um, but all in all, what do we have for the listeners today? So today we're doing a resource episode. Uh, we're talking about resources that are good for you and were helpful to each one of us in our Christian growth or in life in general. So I'm, I'm excited to talk about those things. I think when we think about our lives, somebody has put, I don't remember their name, but somebody created a, a what they call the wisdom pyramid. Oh, nice. It's kind of like the old school food pyramid, you know, like at the bottom was your grains and yeah. Your vegetables next, and then you get up to the top where In and Out Burger. Yeah, where most of us live, <laughs> but you're not supposed to really eat much of. And so, if you think of, it, he pictured wisdom in the same way. Like the bottom block should be your Bible. The next up should be the best resources that are available, and then as you Christian resources, um, and then as you get up to the top, you have social media stuff like that. That's kind of like the candy, the filler. So. We're wanting to fill people, fill up that second, that second, right above the foundation of Scripture is obviously where you want to spend most of your time and get your wisdom from. But put some good things in that second block, some good resources to help people think biblically and and grow in their wisdom and their Christian faith. And that's a hot take for old sinners, new saints. Are you <laughs> saying social media is not good for the public? Man? Is that? <laughs> I mean, I hate to break it to you, but <laughs> after you candy. listen to all of our shows, <laughs> then you can go into social media blackout. <laughs> Actually, that goes um, along with something I'll bring up later. But I'm going to uh, challenge myself to something. Not this week when the kids are here, but when they go back with their mother, I'm going to issue myself a challenge, and it deals with my TV. So I'll bring that up when I get to. All right. Uh, my number four. Yeah, so sounds you, good. You want to start us off with your number one? Sure. So this book I'm going to recommend first, Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table uh, by Louis Giglio. This book was really, really helpful for me. It's I listened to it, but it, uh, it's it would be, it's an easy read. He doesn't he's not, you know, throwing out a lot of deep theological terms, but he does a great job in helping you see how your thinking is not in line uh, with the Bible in a compelling way. He's he's not preaching at you, but he's talking about really his own story and how God challenged him to start thinking more scripturally. Um, so the idea of the enemy having a seat at your table is giving the devil space to work in your mind. Um, and so he talks about, you know, these words that someone texted to him, which were, don't give the enemy a seat at your table, which in the biblical sense would be, don't give place to the devil, is what yeah. the Bible would say. So it's right there. And then he uses Psalm 23, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And in and, and verse 5 of that chapter, he talks about um, that God prepares a place for us in the presence of our enemies. And so we are living with God, being served by God, but his premises, we shouldn't at that table between Jesus and myself give up a, a seat for Satan there to fill our minds. Um, and he talks about having freedom from sin. The really good one for me was the sin spiral where like love it. Um, you're being tempted to do wrong and your flesh and the devil or whatever source is working on you is, is, is trying to get you to do something wrong. Then you do it. And then they come right back at you the other way, making you feel really guilty for all the things that you just did. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you're getting burned from both sides. Um, he talks about that. And um, just then he gives you some strategies to um, to think, to cultivate your mind, uh, to, to think biblically. So it was a really good book. It really helped me open my mind to some of the ways that I was not thinking uh, correctly. So it was it was a good read, and I think it'd be an easy 
listen or read for for our our listeners i love it a question uh to spawn us off in some off-topic type stuff um can you from your own experience uh while you're talking i was listening this is a thought or the question that i had from your own ex from my experience i should say i get very difficult on my new journey as to when um god is using the holy spirit to talk to me to work through me and think in a godlike fashion right. towards Jesus, right? Uh-huh. It is also very difficult for me to look into the past or even the not too distant past during the week of when we are giving the devil a seat at our table. So from your own experience yeah. or other things you've heard, um, maybe as a pastor, can you share some examples for our listeners of how how we might be getting things from the accuser ideas, but they don't really look like that. Like the big ones, like, you know, if it's like, Hey, you should go murder this person. That's <laughs> but it's a red flag right there. Right. right. Yeah. But those sneaky ones, if you have some examples like that. I, I know for me, things that will trip me up are, are things that in, in the back of my head, I know it's wrong, but they are, uh, things that I feel like I deserve or gotcha. I need um, in the moment when I don't really deserve or need them. So, for instance, like I just we finally got the kids to bed. And so I feel like I deserve to be by myself and not be bothered. And then I hear arguing from the back room. So and what am I going to do? Am I going to yell, everybody be quiet and go to bed? You know, like that's my go to. <laughs> yeah. And it is mine, too, uh, unfortunately, because I don't want to get up and have a conversation, yeah. you know. So I think that's where uh, we can be giving into our flesh. And just one example of how um, it doesn't seem like it's wrong. It just seems like it's the, the easiest, quickest thing to do. I don't know if that answers your question. No, that does, because that that is. Like I said, that that isn't right up there with "Thou shalt not, you know, steal." Thou shalt not murder, part of the seven deadly sins. But that that does those are those that is perfectly one of those sneaky examples that comes in the 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 selfishness the need to put comfort over something that you should be doing. Right. And one reminder yeah. that always hits me hard is when someone reminds me, such as yourself or someone in church. It's like, well does you know god yell at you right right <laughs> yeah. it's like no he, he's he's um loving gracious right that's right. how the bible and people describe him yeah he's very gracious right so then in turn if that's who i'm looking to then why am i not gracious like in that example like with my kids because i do the exact same thing right if yeah if my son emmanuel messes up or my daughter amadis messes up do i get down and comfort her educate her show her the correct way or do does my temper flare up because it's easier and I maybe say some things I shouldn't, right? And those are those little tricky things to where all like when I look back and reflect, it's like, well, I not only pulled out a seat for the devil, but I gave him the best seat in the house and cooked <laughs> yeah. him the best steak and all that yeah. and let him work his way in. So Yeah, I think that's that's the devil and his forces. Their normal MO is not to um, like you said ask you to do something off the wall, like something, you know, way above what you would normally consider good or evil. Um, they're going to, they're going to start with something small and, and build, uh, destructive patterns into your life. Um, that may lead to some big things in the future. Yes. So that's why that's really important that we don't give a place to the devil. You know, if you start, uh, you start small, giving into one thing a day, um, and before you know it, then you're giving into much, much greater sin than you ever thought you would. One hundred percent. And just for everyone's reference out there, what that can look like is it's, uh, it doesn't happen like Ben is talking about. From my experience, in the blink of an eye, my downfall, long story short, took ten years. Yeah. But it began with one little thing, and if I look back and analyze that trajectory. I can see right where that started. And then like the book says, he called it the, the spiral. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, that took 10 years. So it may not be right in your face. So um, but on that note, recommendations from yourself or the author when he mentions to get how to get out of said spiral. Yeah. I think if we say, yeah, it took me 10 years to 
get to this place, uh, then we can say, we can trace back to what we did wrong, and and God is gracious, and He will, He, he can He can change any situation. So it doesn't mean we won't have to deal with the consequences or whatever. Yes. But so if you're struggling with, um, you know, an easy one, maybe you're struggling with complaining, then it's about a replacement. So what are you going to replace your complaining with? Well, the easy one. The opposite of complaining would be gratitude and, and trust. Yeah. So, you know, if you've developed a bad habit of complaining all the time, then you need to start uh, praying and asking God and His Spirit to change you, but then you need to start uh, considering how to be grateful, what you have in God to be grateful for, and then start vocalizing those things. And as your heart becomes in tune with God and what He's done for you, you can start changing your mental um, outlook. And, you know, you can look to the scriptures to help you um, to, you know, give thanks in all situations. The Bible says get those verses in your mind so that you're, you're changing. And that, that, that pattern can be used in anything. That's a pattern of scripture. You put off those behaviors that displease God, and then you renew your mind. That's really a key. It's not um, just putting off things. It's putting off the bad and then changing your mind to be in line with God's mind. And then um, while you're doing that, you start doing the right things that God wants you to do. That's that's the pattern for biblical change. Man, I absolutely love it. Like, do you know how many people, including myself, you just helped with that? And I don't want to, like, that was so perfectly and politically put i'll give you the applause that's clap. not me that's the bible <laughs> that's so you know it's like i mean that's god's pattern for change but and i don't want to name names but annie bobby that one was for you <laughs> so, so. wow shots across the bow there man <laughs> i don't think she's gonna be buying our t-shirts i no, was just joking love you nina um so my first up i'm a huge huge music fan and this one has some layers but i'll try to keep it you know keep it a little short yeah um, because we only have, I think, you know, 27 hours on this SD card to record <laughs> left. But um, I'm a huge, huge music fan. And growing up, people would always say, mainly adults are like, oh, you know, be careful what you listen to because it has influence over you. Yeah. Never believed them. Right. right? And uh-huh. so I don't think it's any can think that um, my uh, my story went the way it went. And music had a huge part in it mm. because you're it's going straight into your ears you know subconsciously consciously where you're picking up these things these messages yeah Yeah. i fully have to admit now that i was wrong and it does have a huge influence on you and so now that i'm on this journey i made a point to start listening to more christian music um with more gospel-like themes and and messages and i have noticed a huge huge change in good in everything and uh like one quick thing was uh if if i know i'm going down that spiral as that book mentioned as you mentioned Mm, and if i catch it consciously i will instantly start playing christian music yeah and one of my go-to's is uh my new favorite artist and the kids of the year also uh lauren daigle i'll read something off of spotify she is a two-time grammy seven-time billboard music award and four-time america American Music Award winner. So she just came out with her um, self-titled uh, album. I don't know which one it is, but it's an amazing, amazing album. Love love it front to back. It's I want to get it on vinyl. But anytime I'm having a bad time at UPS, personally, driving in the car, yeah, potential road rage. Right. Um, I showed up at In-N-Out Burger and the total is 12.37. I only <laughs> have 12 bucks and I'm scrambling for change, right? And that anger flares up like... Yeah. Um, I just, I put on one of my, I'll start with one of my favorite songs of hers, right? And then just start slowly, slowly but surely listening to the full album. And my whole mood changes, whether I sing along or not, or I, I just start, I just started noticing that the thoughts in my head go from something that the accuser would be proud of to all of a sudden more creative things, more yeah. joyful things, more uh-huh. peaceful things. And it took, a long time for that to set in and the way it started if any of our listeners don't listen to christian music regularly is my whole spotify liked list when i like songs and and it creates a folder for you didn't have one christian song in it yeah and then when i started going to church 
there was one song that I liked. So I went back to the people running the AV unit. I'm like, hey, you know, or I asked the band, hey, you know, what, what song was that second one that you played? Got it, looked it up in Spotify, found my best version of it, started listening to it. One led to two, two led to Nine. 20. Yeah. And now I have a whole playlist that I can yeah. cycle through. Then, you know, thankfully through Spotify, they kicked some suggestions my way. And there's like Christian um, nighttime songs, Christian road trips, like playlists, right? Yeah, yeah. And so it starts to build from there. Yeah. But it definitely wasn't easy because yeah. I'm coming from this metal punk, yeah. you know, New York loving grunge background. Yeah. Nirvana-esque type stuff. And then now Lauren Daigle. <laughs> it's like a huge, <laughs> a, hu a completely huge um, 180, especially in terms of things, but I, I love it. And I love, um, having that knowledge and that, that a foundation to go to now when, yeah. when I need something like that. I love that. I think you, you have some real wisdom there, you know, like, not um, me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I just love seeing the trend, the trends, um, the, uh, trends, I'm, I, I don't know why the word's not coming to me, but the transformation, there we go, that's going on in your music because I think it's emblematic of the trans transformation of someone's life, you know? Like, so we want to please God in all that we do, and yeah, if our music is is uh, garbage as far as God's word is concerned, then yes. that's going to be what's coming out of in our thoughts, and we're going to be constantly fighting that. So not to say that, like, all you can ever listen to is Christian music, yeah. but um, I think, you know, applying Christian music that's talking in biblical scriptural themes um, when we're, you know, when we're not doing well spiritually is a great idea. And so I think that's one our listeners should really tuck away, get some good Christian music uh, in your family and in your house, and that'll help. I love it. All right. What do you got for number two? Yeah, so the next one I have is Seeing and Savoring Jesus Christ by John Piper. Um, this one's a little bit deeper, but it's very convicting, or it was for me. Um, he's really just talking about how can we uh, love Jesus more. So just being fully transparent, um, I've really noticed in my own heart a real lack of love for Christ. And so I, I've been trying, uh, by God's grace, to do things to just... Uh, rekindle a passion for Christ. Um, and so this book really helped uh, in that regard. It's a little bit deeper, so it's not uh, quite as um, straightforward as, uh, or as easy listen as um, the first one I mentioned, but he has things like the lion and the lamb, the excellence of Jesus Christ, talking about Jesus is pictured in the Bible as both a lamb and a lion and how uh, that dynamic plays out in one person. You have a man who is willing to die and be our sacrifice for sin, but also is the lion who um, is this powerful God. So, and it just goes through several different, uh, 10 different chapters, just talking about Jesus, how, um, and how his, his life relates to our life. And each chapter I love ends with a little prayer um, that helps us to confess things that ways we're not like Jesus and grow. So uh, if you're like me and your heart is just not in tune with Christ and you want to grow in your love and affection for Jesus, give that book a try. Um, it was definitely worth, it's a short listen. It was only a couple hours, so it's a good one. I definitely, um, the image that came to mind was uh, baseball. Like I'm, I, I'm a huge fan of uh, playing baseball, not oh, necessarily yeah. watching baseball. I love going to the Oakland A's games. Oh, yeah. um, shout out to the Oakland A's if you want to give us free boxy tickets. I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, just joking. Um, what are they, the Las Vegas A's now? <laughs> no, did they move? I think so, didn't they? No, that was the Raiders. No, I know, but didn't... <gasps> oh, no. We'll have to check, did but I think Did you just break they're... my heart live on air from <laughs> Scottsdale, Arizona? Oh, no, we're in Tucson, my bad. Um, I, I think they are moving. Oh. <laughs> well, then I'm going to go buy up all the Oakland paraphernalia, but... Um, <laughs> But back when I was playing, which was many, many moons ago um, in Little League, I was a horrible hitter. And that, <clears throat> though, you know, you always hear the phrase, keep your eye on the ball, right? Right. And I feel that that's like the the example of the metaphor for um, Jesus is like you, you have to, I just picture playing in a World Series. You have all these celebrities there, all the crowd, the amazing, you know, pints of beer, the hot dogs, the foot long of the con, whatever's going right. on. Yeah. 
and you have to channel all that worldly stuff out and just keep your eye focused on the task at hand right and um like you've mentioned before on other shows the good thing like spending alone time with jesus and reading the bible no distractions and i've yet to do that to the amounts and to the clarity that i've wanted to personally so i'll fully admit that too um because the worldly things do get in the way yeah and even Mm -hmm. and then even i get in the way like for an example when i know when i'm all hyped up and i have energy and i've had my caffeine and it's around maybe 5 p.m and i'm still functioning at 100 percent. and i see the bible and i'm like yeah i'm gonna read you and then i'll get in my own way and be like wait i have energy now maybe i'll go work out which isn't a bad thing right but i'll go work out for you know 30 minutes 45 minutes an hour then eat then wash up then watch some TV, and then by the time I get to the Bible, it's like seven minutes. Yeah, and it's like, man, I, I I had that backwards, right? So I'm really trying to flip that, take our own advice that we said on here, and put Jesus, God, and 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 just being one with the Bible, because a lot of the answers to the questions that I have are in there, right? In one way, form, or the other. Yeah, and then I keep kicking myself in my own tail, is because when I'm running around throughout the day saying like why is this happening why is this happening why didn't i do this why did that it's like well dude you didn't you've had how many chances to sit alone with god like ben the guy sitting in front of you every saturday yeah like mentioned to do and you still don't do it so it's like all right putting that on the calendar and and getting back to it yeah all right for my number two another musical influence and i'm completely shocked at this one uh but i love her music is ann wilson uh, A-N-N-E, and then Wilson. She's on Spotify as well. Um, this one was an interesting kind of read. It says, uh, Wilson delivered her first public performance at 15 years old at her brother's funeral. Wow. And I guess it went viral, and then from there, she got a record deal. Hmm. And the surprising one to me is, I'm not a huge fan of country music, but okay. it has country influence, but... Jesus is written all over her heart, all over her lyrics. Cool. It's front and center. And um, when it has this country, southern influence to it, it just is always like a beat. Uh-huh. And I find myself kind of like, you know, just like. She's not mad at Jesus for breaking her tractor. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, but it's like, it's just like, I and it's just like, because I'm the old school Hank Williams type country, Johnny Cash. Okay. Like that was my country not new wave country and this this very much um splits the line has a very beautiful voice her band has a very um unique sound in and of it like when i listen to other music around that kind of genre and then her song starts playing i know kind of instantly i'm like oh is this ann wilson then yeah it, it sure is so um i you know my uh She's making it on my playlist, and she's coming out with a new album as well. And uh, when I started listening to her, and my daughter's in the car. She's like, "Who's this?" I, you know, I love it. And I'm just like, "Man!" I even started geeking out on. There was uh, she was posting on Instagram some behind the scenes of a new um, music video. Yeah, and I was geeking out because it showed uh, like the camera and the setup. I'm oh, like, nice. oh man! Like, nice. what camera did they? And so I was, <laughs> you know, trying to you know research that, but it's. Um, yeah, beautiful, beautiful sound. And once again, like if if I'm uh like like I said before, is like if I find my mood slipping or I find my thoughts going elsewhere, Lauren Daigle's the number one. But then if I'm just like really, really angry and I need an instant pick me up because it has that country drums and guitar and twang as they say, like I put Ann Wilson on and instantly like my mood changes and I find myself singing driving down the road, nice. which is I never sing. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's impressive. Miss Ann Wilson, everyone, you're out there. Nice. So, Good stuff. But yeah. What do you have for number three? Okay. So next I just finished listening to this book, uh, less than a, two weeks ago. Um, the age of opportunity by Paul Tripp and it's about parenting teenagers. So, uh, from a biblical perspective. So my oldest is almost a teenager and my others are coming along. My middle is almost a tween. So, um, really really helpful book like i told my wife 
I literally read something in the book and then I had the exact same interaction with my son. Like, so nice. it was, I mean, he had it down to a T, uh, how my son would react. And, um, and so it's been good for me to think about, okay, what is the difference between, you know, having an eight year old child versus having a 12 or 13 year old child and how do you respond to them? So he, and it's a really foundational book. He talks about you know, what is the purpose, what is the mission statement or job description of a family? Um, what is a teenager like? You know, how do we glorify God with, with our interactions with our team? And then he has our teen, and he has um, strategies for parenting teens that are real-life examples, uh, and the book is just saturated with Scripture. The main thing that you'll come away with is that parenting is teaching your kids the Bible. It's listening, but it's also... Um, it's, it's a challenge. It's a huge challenge, but, um, teenaging, the teenage years shouldn't be, you know, this, um, survival time. It should be a time where parents and teens can thrive together. And, you know, the stereotype is, you know, we kind of just like hope our kids make it between 13 and 18 without killing themselves, but that shouldn't be the Christian model that he's, and he's advocating for. It should be a time of, teaching and growth and helping them work through life's problems from a biblical perspective. So it was a real, it was a challenge and conviction to me. And I think it would be a worthy read for any parent whose kids are teenagers or um, your teen, your kids are going to be coming into those teen years and the next couple years. Yeah. What was the title of that one again? It's called age of opportunity. Age. And it was that by, Mr. Paul David Tripp? Yes. Oh, man, he's my number three as well. But, uh, oh, you have him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He made it on the list. Oh, that's right. And okay. we did not plan that, everyone. We're not <laughs> we're not that talented yet. Um, I was going to say the uh, one thing when you, when you when you said the phrase, uh, I told my wife, I, it, it, I had a flashback to um, one of my favorite movies of all time was Big Trouble in Little China okay. with Kurt Russell. And my dad and I loved, loved watching that movie. And in the intro when he's driving and he's just talking on the CB radio because he's a truck driver, he has this phrase. He goes, like I told my first wife, honey, I never drive faster than I can see. (laughs) (laughs) What does that even mean? (laughs) (laughs) He has to be easily top three of my favorite actors of all time because I did not know this, but he was actually a Disney child actor. So oh. my dad was showing me these black and white uh, films and um, or maybe he wasn't a Disney child actor, but definitely a child actor. And he's okay. like, that's Kurt Russell. And to have like, I think uh, he must have been as old as our kid, like 11 or something, maybe younger oh, wow. to have that trajectory. Yeah. And still acting to today is immensely not going off the deep end. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how? I Yeah. So. But that was always one of my favorite um, uh, movies, and I and I get it like all the time. Like I've lost a couple copies, but I had it on VHS at one point, DVD a couple times on Blu-ray if they released it. Nice. But I keep trying to upgrade it. But I'm just like, man, and I can't wait to watch it with the uh, MOL because it's so campy, and it's just it shouldn't even like make sense. Just like his like who says that? who wrote yeah. that line, but <laughs> but it does and. Oh man, I, I love it. But um, yeah, no, my number three was uh, a recommendation from you. So I'll share it with our listeners is parenting, fourteen gospel principles that can radically change your family. Yeah, and uh, by Paul David Tripp. And I haven't finished it yet. I got the auto the the audio version. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, but I I allow time in between because mm-hmm. it's a very easy listen. Like you like you said about his before. Um, but I try to let those themes sink in. And one of them was that I referenced before. It's like, if, if God isn't yelling at me, thunders and clouds burning down my house to get me to learn lessons, then why am I showing, like, if he's not showing the the wrathful side, like he showed in the old Testament, then why am I, why is that starting to come up with my kids? Right. Why? Mm -hmm. And, and that it makes complete sense, but it's just one of in his early chapters, he mentioned that pulled from the scripture it clicked and that was over like six months ago when i listened to that and i still think about that and um, meditate on that like on a weekly basis when they come back it's like okay how can i how can i make this better what's what topics are hot topics what do they do that gets my blood boiling what do they do that calms me like how can we 
you know, mesh yeah. this so I can be a better parent. And because I don't even know how or why. Oh, that's one of the questions. If I make it to heaven, I'll have to ask him. It's like, why, why did I become a parent, right? <laughs> of all people, I don't understand this. But it's like, thankfully, through his teachings, through his gospel, through books like this by Paul David Tripp, I have what I see as a better leg up, right? Yeah. How to function, how to guide. And I really took that to heart because I was, first of all, when I first had the kids from the ages of one to about five for my son and three for my daughter, and then a little by extension after that, ages six and four, I was the absentee parent. Like I couldn't, and my mom, my mom, like it brings her to tears, like still to this day, because she'd come over to my old house and, and she'd be like, you know, you should get off your phone, spend some time with your kids, right? And I would use a huge excuse, hey, I'm tired from work. Um, you know, this is when I worked in medical billing with you. It's like, hey, like, um, like I'm tired. I just right. I deserve this time off. Right. Like, I just work yeah. these eight hours. I'm bringing home the bread. Right. I do all this stuff. I deserve this, that, and the other, at the sacrifice of being a father. Then there was a huge life shift at when they were six, and my daughter, my son was six, my daughter was four, and I literally had trial by fire to become a parent. And I'll never forget. But the day we spent the night here at my dad's house. And um, I didn't have anything set up for them. And I was just like, oh, you know, I was in scramble mode, total panic mode. And I was just like, okay, like it was like 5 p.m. when their mom dropped them off or I got I got a hold of them. And she's like, here you go. Right. You have them for seven days. And I was like, excuse me. I was like, okay. And I remember thinking I was so panicked that I was like, if I just can get them to go to sleep, right, make it through the (laughs) night. Yeah. Tomorrow will be a different story. And I started. (coughs) <coughs> hold on a cup of coffee one second i started panicking so bad the anxiety started to flare up that i was like what am i going to do for the week what am i going to do for the month the year and i was like okay just when complete survival mode and i was like just take care of the night so i was like okay i think i can get some chicken nuggets so we went to mcdonald's wherever it was got some chicken nuggets and i was like let's just camp out we'll make it a camping activity so they're like cool there were six and four right they were super happy yeah and then the next morning this is what i'll never forget they woke up i woke up from our little camp quote unquote camp session and and i've told them this story before because it was very important for them to realize that people can change yeah and i remember asking looking at their beautiful little faces and i was like okay are you guys hungry for breakfast and they're like yeah we would like some breakfast and i actually asked what do you like? And it killed me because in that reference, I didn't know hmm. anything about my kids, right? For six years, for four years, didn't know anything. So to go from that to, you know, being a parent and letting the gospel lead, them trusting completely in me yeah, is not by me. So I don't get credit for that. But that, like, when I prayed on that, like uh soon after that i was like man god i'd never want to go back to being that parent right yeah. so he gets all the credit in the world for that because that's who i was without him not even knowing what my kids wanted for breakfast let alone anything else about them to going to taking over you know everything and and being a quote-unquote good parent so i'm um, so awesome yeah i'm good. i'm but it's a, with books like this, especially the Bible, obviously, God, uh, Holy Spirit guiding me. But it's books like this and influences like this that can greatly help um, people. And if yeah. through our show or just through us being out there in the world and recommending these things and through um, what is the I forget the term, the body of Christ. Right. Just right. other people sharing these references. Right. We have that huge leg up to to share with other people so yeah so another plug for everyone to get into church (laughs) find a good church that gives you the bible and drill down with those people and learn and grow together you'll be much better off for it yes and and don't i'm still working at it be open to things because yeah yeah, (laughs) say yes to things all right number four okay so the last one i had was it's kind of a hard uh, it's called theology. It's like the word theology, but the the T H E and ology by Marty Machowski. And so this book is for kids, 
and it's designed to teach your kids theology. So um, if you're a Christian parent, you want your kids to learn uh, the proper things about God from the Bible. Because if you don't, um, the scripture describes people who don't really know um, about God as people that are like, they're in a boat without a sail or rudder, and they're just kind of tossed by the waves. And you don't want that for your kids. You want them to be, and for yourself too, you want to be solidly grounded in the faith. And um, you know, most people didn't go to Bible college, so they, they don't have um, all the tools that they could for, for parenting or teaching people the scriptures. So books like this are really helpful in um, helping you think through uh, things that are important um, for your kids to know, but you may not have thought of on your own, like um, the section on Christ. It talks about Jesus is completely God, but also Jesus is completely human. You know, those things are important, but they're not going to be th- something that the average person is really taking time to think through. So um, the author has done the, a good work of putting that stuff on the bottom shelf level for kids to help them uh, really learn some good, deep uh, knowledge about God, but it'll be at a a level that they can apply and help them. Things like God is all-powerful, God cares, God knows all things. Um, So what do we do about sin? Like, So things like that that are really, really helpful for, for parents. I went through this book with my kids several years ago, and um, it's really helped them to think through these issues and and be able to stand up against error. That is awesome, man! I can't wait because I have no clue about any of those books that you <laughs> referenced. So I'm gonna have you're gonna have to text me all these things <laughs> after the show. <laughs> but they sound like amazing things, and all the the one thing that keeps coming up when I hear you speak is all these references seem extremely helpful. And it's like, I know if they can help me, they can definitely help millions of other people out there that yeah, don't have like access to Yeah, like there's so much things. good content out there. Um, we live in such a gilded age of, of scriptural tech. There's so much Bible, so many English Bible resources. You can't keep up. I mean, nobody can with all that's coming out, even, and that's just the good stuff. So, I mean, uh, they're really, if you want to grow as a Christian, there's so, so many good things. We're really blessed to have just almost unlimited resources. I'm even writing a book called God and Coffee. No, to that point, besides that, <laughs> that, uh, that goof is, um, there are like every time, like I, I look online or I look on Instagram, um, influencers, Christian influencers, they're all either creating music videos arts uh there's this guy on there that creates these beautiful beautiful paint portraits of um biblical themes nice huge canvases cool. and i'm just like man is that guy talented look like i like and i just see him splashing paint it looks like <laughs> me if i were to start painting but then all of a sudden it turns out in this beautiful beautiful motif um like music uh, all sorts of uh things and and especially books and they're not you know super long ones they can be i don't know if they're considered like coffee table books or like little short reads yeah yeah Um, but just little pieces about um i think mainly people's testimony and how god has helped them which i can't uh promote enough because i never i was always the guy when people started talking about or people just ran me with like oh do you want to hear how jesus saved my life and i'd start rolling my eyes like oh here's another you know walk on water type story but now that I'm searching for it and I, and I have open ears and I'm seeing things and I'm listening. God never works the same way twice. Each, each individual has a you yeah. individual story. And every time someone opens up their mouth now and tells me how, you know, Jesus helped them or how they found Jesus, I find something extremely, not only beautiful and poetic in it, but helpful. Mm, and yeah. it's like, okay, what lessons did you learn here? How can I learn from that how can i learn from you because jesus didn't talk to me that way right or he didn't show me that but now he is through your life and if they're younger seven years if they're older 77 years it's like it's it's i found myself really trying to ask questions and learn and listen because that's seven decades worth of 
living right. that we have instant access to yeah. just by showing up to church, for example. That's a good point. Yeah. So uh, number four on my list, and I don't know if this guy's a Christian per se, but it definitely helped my life, was Atomic Habits mm, by yeah. James Clear. And Really good book, yeah. Oh, I love it, and I can't recommend it enough. Man, oh, man, did this. Um, haven't finished it, but I got to the chapter. It was maybe under 10 chapters, but he basically broke down this thing called the two-minute rule. Uh-huh. And he said anything that you want to do can be broken down and I'm completely paraphrasing here, so go read his book or listen to his book. But basically was you can break it down into two minutes. Just start doing whatever it is you want to do for two minutes. Yeah. And my real-life application was um, I invested back in this camera equipment, very top state-of-the-line stuff, way beyond my means, invested into it because I wanted to do X, Y, or Z in the future, but it was just collecting dust. Right. I had it for one week collecting dust one month collecting dust all of a sudden it's like six months i haven't turned the thing on or played with it and it's like okay this you recommended this book i came across that chapter and i was like okay today i'm going to spend two minutes with this camera and he who had simply said i think he uses a yoga example and he's like just pull out the yoga mat take two minutes pull it out set it up in your living room right and it'll start leading to the next so sure thing i got my camera out the bag Turned it on, started accessing some menu, set a timer, two minutes were up, I let it, I just went away, right? Yeah, yeah. And it worked. What he said came true was I started to, like, I was like, I want more than two minutes, right? Two minutes led to four. Yeah. And I really started to um, dive into my camera, learn about the equipment, the ins and outs, and from there started to take photography, started to do videography again. Yeah. So now I'm a year in, haven't completed a project, but, you know, at least the camera's out of the bag and I'm working away at it. So going back to um, Christian references, maybe if uh, like Ben and myself and you rather want to read your Bible more, maybe that's where you start, right? You yeah. haven't, your Bible's collecting dust. It's on the shelf. Yeah. Your kids are asking, Hey, Ma or Pa, what's that big old book up there that we've never seen? Right. Yeah. Oh, that's the Bible. I haven't opened it since the eighties. Right. I think <laughs> my mom said something, uh, similar like her new bible like her girlfriend got her i think before i was born so that was the last version of a bible mm. that she had so yeah take it out read it for two minutes you know if two minutes is all you have and that's what you put towards the word of god start with two and work your way up from there but at least you're starting somewhere and if i can do it because i'm mr procrastination <laughs> then i know anyone can do it and it can go from there um, but on that note, this is where my challenge comes in that I mentioned at the top of the show was I noticed myself once again, I want to do more, be more productive. And I've, you know, through God been extremely more productive than I was last year. Yeah, and definitely the whole decade before. Yeah. But I have goals <clears throat> I want to reach. They require time. They require effort. And so I think when the kids go back after the seven days, I'm going to unplug my TV Nice, because I love watching movies. I'm a movie guy, but I'll get yeah. lost in these shows. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'll come home from UPS. I'm tired. And I'll be like, well, I'm just going to watch one episode. One leads to two. And even if it's three episodes at an hour piece, that's three hours that I could have been dedicating to right. something else. Yeah. As opposed to ancient aliens. And right. I love that show. <laughs> but what is that show? How is that? Yeah. That has nothing to do with. Um, creating a business that has nothing to do with podcasting, that has nothing to do with scripture, right? That could have been an hour of working out, an hour of um, filming, and an hour of editing, and then right. next after that, an hour reading the Bible yeah. or whatever it may be. But this goes back to, from Atomic Habits, I connect it to Proverbs. So this is Proverbs fourteen twenty three: All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty yeah and that mm -hmm. to me was huge and it also goes along with proverbs thirteen four, the soul of the lazy man desires every time i'd get stuck on a netflix binge or anything like that it would just i would constantly be like at some point i'd be excited to watch the show hit play one episode would lead to two i'd binge the whole season at some point i'd go from this is awesome to almost a sense of depression because I'd be like, I could be, I could be filming that. Maybe I couldn't be making the show, right. but at least I could be maybe on set catering the show. 
Right. Maybe I could be in the surrounding circle holding a lamp, something closer to what I would love to be doing. Right. So the soul of the lazy man desires. I would desire to create something and has nothing. But the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. Yeah. And it's like that, those things, that proverb, other things like that in the Bible, that's what continually drives me to do this, work towards other things, because it's like it does in some way get positively addicting. It's like you see oh, yeah, where definitely. you were before, like the parent example. Mm-hmm. Now I know I have a whole set of the kids menu. I pick them up from school. We have workouts, education, Bible time. And it's like, all right, you know, this, this does, it puts a smile on my face. I know it's pleasing the Lord and I'm seeing what's the reference, the fruits, yeah. the labor. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why one of the reasons we're doing these resource episodes is uh, to help all of us to focus on what's really important and what's really beneficial in the long run for my life. Cause I'm right there with you. I, you know, I can spend way too much time on my phone doing nothing really beneficial for myself or others. And I think, you know, what talents or abilities, and I'm not talking about even things that make money, but just enjoyment. Yes. Uh, could I really have in life if I didn't have the smartphone weighing me down in so many ways? So the I hope these resources are beneficial for people to get away from that, you know, top level candy on the pyramid to some of the stuff that is the meat and uh, that, but even though it's, it may not be candy, it may not be easy. I think like you said, the Proverbs make it clear that that stuff has its reward. That's much more enjoyable. Like, I mean, you eat cotton candy and it disappears in your mouth. It wasn't all that (laughs) enjoyable, but a nice, a nice meal with substance. I mean, you pull away from that and you're like, Oh, you know, that took work to make. But it it tasted really good. One of the when you were talking right now, one of the examples that just came to mind was when I would spend hour. I don't go much on YouTube anymore, but when I would spend hours on YouTube watching other people create things that I wanted to be created. Yeah. And that was my candy at the top of the pyramid. And I got nothing from it. Yeah. But then fast forward to now and I have like a 30 second to a 30 minute conversation with someone at church like how rich that is mm-hmm. because of what we're discussing. And at some way, some part, we're like, it'll talk about the Super Bowl coming up, anything like that. And then somehow, some way, it'll come back to Jesus. Some words will be exchanged. Some knowledge will definitely be exchanged. And I'm better for it. Yeah. Hours of, you know, other stuff versus 30 seconds to 30 minutes, even three minutes, whatever it is of a gospel-led conversation is is nine day difference to me and i'm better i'm better for it so yeah that's that's huge um so yeah that's all we have to have for today you beautiful listeners can you um lend us off or end us with a prayer yeah let's pray heavenly father your word says that we should be uh numbering our days so teach us your word says to number our days because we don't know our end Uh, Our time is a stewardship from you. So I pray that these resources would help your people to steward their uh, time well, to devote themselves to things that are pleasing to you. I pray for our own hearts that you would encourage us to devote our time to things that have eternal worth and value. Um, Others, other human beings and not our devices, and that things that help us to grow to be better humans. Uh, And so I I pray that you would instill in us and uh, kindle in us an interest in those things, that we wouldn't go for the candy, as it were, every time, that we would grow, and you would help us to be the people that you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Ben, and go Niners!